Hello, everyone, and welcome to Epic Loot Radio, where Brian and Force are going to be sitting down today and talking about the state of the MMORPG with a real focus on the outlook of 2023. Uh, as we near the end of this year and look forward to the future of this genre that we both love and have just a, a deep connection with, I thought it would be great to kind of get your perspective because I've already started to see some of your videos as you delve into some of the games that are kind of slated that we know about for 2023. Uh, this video, this podcast specifically is actually tagged to Throne and Liberty. Uh, that's a game that kind of got delayed and I kind of first heard about it at that point. Um, but that's something that it'll be interesting to see as more and more games are built on newer technology, uh, cloud, you know, uh, cloud compute as a kind of a technology that I think can uniquely benefit MMOs. And so I thought it'd be great to kind of sit down and get a one-on-one uh, with you, especially as we look at the end of this year and on to the future uh, with many games that are on the horizon that some people have told me will save the genre uh, or if they don't save the genre that the, the genre is dead. And they're just like, I, I honestly, I, I, I in, in true story, like I told somebody I'm going to lose my shit when all of a sudden, when I start hearing people not be happy about this game that they've been telling me is the greatest thing since sliced bread for three, three more years. I'm just like, guys, just calm down. But that's just me. Um, Force, how are yeah. you doing, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing um, good. <laughs> I just need to. The only game I think the only MMO that would actually save the genre is probably. I'm sorry, it's not Ashes of Creation. I'm very excited for Ashes of Creation, but that's not a genre-saving game. That is a MMO enthusiast game who's very excited to try a new MMO. Yeah, and it looks cool. Not, it's not going to hit mainstream. I don't. It, that would not be. I'm not. I would not bet on that. Riot's MMO. The 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 Runeterra MMO. If if we had to, if we were investing in a market that said, where would you put all of your money, into the game that would save it, it would. It, that would be it. What do you know about the Runeterra MMO? Absolutely nothing. But I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I know, I like, I know, I know the basics. I've been watching a lot of the videos compiling information. I mean, Ghostcrawler's uh, Twitter page is just like, uh, it's like a stream of consciousness for the development of that game, it seems. But um, the, really, the reason I say that, and it's like, oh, well, how do you say that? Like, we don't know so much about Ashes. We know about their systems and their different features and these cool things that they're doing. And yes, um, but if I, the thing with the Riot MMO for me is, and I came to this like thought recently. Riot today feels like what Blizzard was like in its heyday, and what I mean by that is what Blizzard was for the longest time is they were known for they're taking something that people like, they're taking something that is popular, and they're more they're kind of like streamlining it and they're polishing it and they're just fine tuning it just right, and they're going to make this game that's a massive explosive hit, and. Um, that feels like what Riot is. Obviously, League of Legends is like a massive success. We don't even need to talk about it. It's huge. Everyone knows that that is like one of the handful of games with things like Minecraft and GTA. That's like one of the handful of games like everyone knows about League of Legends, okay? All of the non-gamers know. They've heard of League. More so than Dota even, right? Um, but, man, like looking at Riot's recent success with their other games that they're and the other genres that they've pushed into i mean i am just blown away even just by valorant like they set out to make like a more like family friendly um more approachable more digestible counter-strike and they did it and it was it feels so it's like a great 
feeling game. They went from making a top-down, like, clicking stuff and a skill shot game into making a really good shooter. Like, the, honestly, that was all the evidence that they needed. And they've had plenty of other success in shooting off into different forms of media and then some of their other games. Um, the Legends of Runeterra, right? That's a that's another thing. Mm-hmm. And then they have their uh, their auto chess game, which I forget what the league one is called. Do you happen to know offhand? But I, I played the Dota auto chess, and I it was it's a really really it was like it was one of the first phone games that I've ever actually enjoyed. And I know League has one that's massively successful, but I just feel like Riot has the funding and they have the right mindset to make the kind of game that could go massively popular in the mainstream and it is really for that reason alone and with them having success in other genres like beyond league that i feel like they they have what it takes to make like the next wow if anything is going to be the next wow because i love ashes i am super pumped for ashes i will play hundreds of hours of ashes it's not going to be the next wow it's just not happening i like how you're going on defense because you already you i can already feel the comments on this (laughs) not even not on live they're not going to come in here and live and debate us they'll they'll wait and wait till this is finished as a a part of vod but no i feel like ashes is a love letter to mmo fans Mm -hmm. and what mmo fans assume i think incorrectly is that we are some massive number of players like i think wow for what it did in invited a lot of people into this space for the first time making it accessible making it interesting but when you actually break it down it's like mmos like they're just not right now getting bigger maybe that Mm -hmm. maybe riots will do that but i feel ashes will appease a lot of what people have want and then they'll realize what a lot of people want ends up not being a lot of people like if you if ashes has like ah, 300,000 you know active players that's going to be wonderful that's actually a really oh, yeah. good number but yeah. i think when people th- would see that they would see automatic they, you would start to see people kind of putting that narrative like oh it's a dead game it's not a good game you know like not you know there's not millions of people actively playing this all the time and I think that's that's going to be something they're going to have to struggle and battle against because then you have the YouTube you know algorithm which is going to reward people for leaning into that kind of narrative and mindset and that's the death spiral that MMOs go through. But I do actually like would like to know your your thought on what I've heard Riot say because I've heard them say this and I'm very curious overall because this will get into kind of our kind of questions that I have for you. And they said if you want a single player game go play a single player game. We're making an MMO. What is that? How does that feel for you? Like, what does that, is that a good feeling? Is that a, or is that a concern? Uh, especially with the, uh, with, you know, knowing nothing really about the game outside of its prehistory lore. I feel like the MMOs that I've enjoyed the most and that I think likely do the most, because I think it goes without saying that like a lot of the casual audience there, for one, they're usually focused on PVE and there's a lot of people who like to do things on their own accord. And I think that's just largely due to, especially, um, you know, as fans of the genre, like the golden days of MMOs some 10 or so years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Um, as those people get older, they have less time to dedicate to like scheduled things and coordinate things that are massive time investments. Like that's the case for me. I would I would be all down for eight, 12 hour raids, you know, 10 years ago nowadays. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like, especially if you throw family into the mix, even just a partner. If you want to do, if you want to have a partnership, like, it's <laughs> hard to to justify that kind of thing. Um, 
So like I would so say, like, that- have you ever had sex? Like, <laughs> like, cause it's, you know, like a certain way, eight hour raid or uh, I'm not going to last eight hours, but damn, like, ugh. yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, but I guess my point with that is though, that I feel like you need to have content that people can do by themselves. Um, but I don't think that has to mean it's like a single player game. And to, to your quote, um, I imagine what they're probably referencing there is there's just going to be a lot of multiplayer cooperative elements. And mm-hmm. I'm, I love that. Like, that's why I love the genre, right? I love feeling like I'm in this big world. There's other people and even less. So the scheduled stuff, what I love is the impromptu stuff. I love coming across someone farming in an area. And if they're opposite faction, trying to take them out if they're the same faction working together and dealing with people as they come and and discovering things and 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 just all that stuff doing that with other people around i love and i guess i hope um because that is kind of vague that the quote there i hope that 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 sort of element is what they're referencing because i know there are a lot of mmos that are basically like people play them like single player games i play a lot of mmos like single player games up to a point but again, I love I love the the online the interactive nature of them. I um, love having people to build off that. Like, also, I really enjoy and respect even if you're playing paying it solo that your solo experience is having an impact on the greater sense of the game. Like, there's this almost way passive multiplayer is how I think of it. And this just comes from like my Final Fantasy Eleven roots. Like playing in a zone for your faction was earning you points, and then every week that got calculated and said, oh. Now your faction controls this zone and there's benefits for doing that. Uh, and so it always kind of felt like even if you were off solo, you were still a kind of a part, like a cog in the machine, as opposed to like, I am the sole hero and nothing can defeat me. And I had this great experience. And then you, you look back and go like, wait, I thought this was an MMO. Like I have no connection to anybody. Like I have no connection to the game. And you kind of just then say, I, I guess that was fun. And, and you kind of dip out. But that kind of brings me to my my first like real question I've been asking as a part of this like series that I've been running on the podcast is that what is an MMO for you? Like, how would you define the MMORPG? And you can break it up any which way you want. What is an MMO? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, not, I mean, that term gets slapped on so many games nowadays. Um, I, I, and I feel like they're 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 it'd be helpful if there's more classification, but cause you've got like what I consider the MMO would be the traditional games, the world of Warcrafts, ESO, Guild Wars two, final fantasy, BDO, like that whole thing. And then you have the MMO lights, the things like destiny and like they have, there are people there, but they kind of come in and out. There's no permanence to it. Um, you're not necessarily seeing the same people over and over again. It's just whatever three to five people that decide to phase into the zone that you're in at the time. Um, but f- I guess the biggest thing would be large scale world, um, lack of instancing to a degree. I'm not totally against instances, but I like when it feels open. Like if you want to zone me into dungeons or whatever, that's fine. Hell, if you even want to zone me between zones, like Guild Wars does, um, I'm okay with that too. Not I don't prefer that, but, but the, like the lobby based games, I don't count like for that reason, I don't consider destiny like a true MMO because I'm spending my time. Most of my time is spent in a menu, mm-hmm. um, loading into the different activities that I want to do. Um, and that's just, that pulls me out of it way too much. Right. I know they try to make it feel like you're flying in space. You're in orbit. 
um but it's not like it's not yeah. you know what's funny i've recently i've been playing no man's sky recently oh yeah um, interestingly enough and um for one that game's it's come a miles so it's really interesting but it also feels like it feels like i wish destiny was destiny but with no man's sky stuff in a way um like i wish there there there's a feeling of connectedness to the game because you're in it mm-hmm. and you're going from like surface to flying in atmosphere to hyperspeed to another solar system and and that's something that just destiny that's and that's not to even call no man's sky an mmo but that's just to say that there's a feeling of connectedness to the game while you're playing the game whereas with destiny i feel like i'm playing a game and then i'm in a menu and then i'm playing the game again and then i'm in a menu and it doesn't feel like cohesive at all so i think mmos to answer the question i think mmos it's like a a big multiplayer space that feels connected that you feel kind of rooted in as you're playing and anything that pulls you out of that really kills it for me. And then I like for me, I would also slot in all the RPG stuff. You're you're grinding for gear. You've got stats. You probably have levels. You have uh, various difficulty group activities to do: dungeons, raids, whatever. All this stuff. Like I would throw that in there too. But really, the most important thing for me is the connectedness to the game and the other people being there as well. Yeah, one of the things that depraves Destiny and what I feel like they've kind of done in a way when I talk about games not existing within bubbles is that one of the things that I think Destiny has done so well and in a way kind of somewhat sets MMOs back right now is that Destiny's that drop-in, drop-out multiplayer. It's so easy, especially with cross-play, cross-save. Like, just play the game. Yeah, you're in space, you know, but it's so much easier just to be like, yeah, I'm playing. I don't, you don't have to say this is the server I'm on or this is like, you know, like it just handles that aspect for you. And I do hope that we'll see. It'll be difficult because... I know there's definitely people who have a mindset of like server culture within like, especially older MMOs. Like this is my server. This is my culture. This is something unique to this, to this world. Um, But then essentially like what you see now is a lot of, like, I think a lot of people kind of get on. They're like, wait a minute. Like, okay, you're on what I'm on this server. Okay. How do we figure out how do we play together? Um, You know, in that space ends up becoming something that it's like, I think it's still a challenge. Like fantasy star online too. I was really hoping with new Genesis that they would, kind of go the destiny route but then they still have their not just their ships but then they still have their channels that you have to be like oh you're on this channel okay let me switch channels and, and find you and it just i just wish it kind of handled it and called it a day on that regards yeah i and i you know it's funny i t- i think i've changed my opinion on that over time because i used to be like a really strong believer in server culture mostly because of my classic like original wow mm-hmm. days my 2004 2005 wow days where you know there was there was at the time for me, I felt like a magic to knowing the guilds, knowing the the people on the server with your faction or against your faction, uh, knowing the rogues who were always ganking outside of uh, Capital City or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think over time, I've just realized like there is an inevitable death to that um, as people come and go, but mostly as people go, as people leave and the server base drops and and you see like things like that wow still deals with to this day like faction imbalance right there'll be like a slight discrepancy in percentages it'll be like 45 horde 55 alliance but then because of that it just snowballs where it's like all that's like 95 percent alliance now just because the people didn't want to be at any disadvantage for whatever for for whatever the implications are like if you've got a game that has 
like zone resource control. And so the numbers just put you at a huge advantage or even just the fact that, hey, there are more hardcore raiding guilds in this faction. There aren't as many here. So we're all going to server transfer to somewhere. And just it's just inevitable that if flip flops or just servers end up dying. And I think for that reason, just for like long term health of the game, I just no longer feel like having those hard servers unless the companies are super on top of merging and having these hybrid things where servers are melding together. Um, but just having these these, these silos of people, um, they just it, it ends up eventually just going south basically yeah. that's that that's what's played out in in from what i've seen time and time again with any mmo that's done the hardline surfer thing yeah i i absolutely agree and this kind of ties into kind of my next question because you brought up obviously no man's sky and obviously right now we're i've been seeing people call new worlds uh brimstone sands update which is scheduled to come out here like in like 10 days ish uh, you know, an expansion. I'm just like, oh, come on, can we not call it an expansion? Do you think that uh, the the new update is an expansion? Uh, no judgment, if so. Um, honestly, I mean, it looks. It, at first, I was a little sour on it because it, I, my initial reception was, oh, great, they're adding a sand zone. <laughs> big whoop. But but they they do seem to actually be making some big some pretty big substantial changes. Um, I still think there's probably more that they need to do. The biggest problem it seems right now are in like issues with ser server economies, talking about servers again, with server economies, but even more so particular guilds or conglomerates of guilds just dominating. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, again, that snowball effect where basically what happened was you would have in, in New World, there would be guilds that would perform really well early on and then that gave them control of the zones and the towns. And as a result of that, they had an economic advantage and that economic advantage rolled directly into a power advantage. And then they just became basically unstoppable where they were stronger, richer and better geared than everyone else. And they just stomping the wars and controlling everything. And it just, again, pushed competition off of the servers and then there's even there even more so there's no one to to contest with them. So and I and they're actually they've been talking about doing stuff to deal with that. They referenced um, some some things to fix with shell companies, like having different guilds helping you, basically mm -hmm. like the same guild but logging into different characters, and then using that as a way to bypass some of the systems that are meant to prevent that kind of monopoly. Um, so there's anyways, point is there's stuff that, that I, I still think they need to do, but I am looking forward to this update. It actually seems more substantial than I thought at first glance. Um, but I still think it's probably needs like the game still probably needs more overall to have like a true big comeback. I don't think this update is going to be the turning point, but I think it is a step in the right direction. I think they're doing some good stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. And so then the question would be, is that do you see them going more in a no man's sky where it's just consistent updates and ever expanding, you know, updates or going with a true expansion at some point down the down the road? Right. Because we, you know, we oh. believe that this is one update 1.7. Do they do yeah. a 2.0, you know, method or, do, you know, like, do you see them going in that direction or do you feel like they just going to keep putting out updates until you know, they either stop or or they continue to grow? Yeah, I mean, that's a hard thing to guess. I don't know if they've mentioned publicly. I, I'm just unaware if they've talked about whether or not they intend to sell like named expansions. I don't know if they talked about doing that uh, route or not. Um, 
I mean, I guess either way, if they're going to sell... Honestly, I think probably... It's astounding that the game is not on console. Because mm. it is a game that would clearly play very well on console. You oh, look yeah. at the combat, like it, it's... I play that, it on it's controller. a controller game. I play it yeah. 100% on controller. Like, <laughs> we were like, hey, I was like, I, and I release updated guides with like configuration layouts. And, mm. and the one thing I wish, like I can't do is I can't detect the game state because if I could, oh my gosh, that would be, that'd be game changing. I'd be able to set up so many more intricate ways of playing it. Um, Like, like, yeah, it's, it's gotta get, if it got console, like controller support, and then came to consoles like this would be a dream assuming yeah. that they at least had cross play cross save the one thing mm. that keeps me from going and playing eso again is because i'd go play it on pc now but i have an xbox character and there's no cross save it's like even if you wanted to keep them separate let me keep my character like it's all microsoft let's go you know but they don't yeah. they haven't done that yet and if they ever announced that i think i'd actually be willing to step back into that game but i wouldn't want a separate character that's on a console just for the hell of it right like guild right. wars 2 just did that on PC with the Steam version, it's it's a whole different version, and, and your accounts aren't linked up. And I was like, oh, that well, I guess I won't bother with that one either way. The, yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say though, um, just the reason I brought the the console thing up is because I feel like their best bet, like if New World really wanted like a big second shot in people's eyes, I would guess it would be rolled into something like a console launch where they they had some big sweeping changes, a huge update, whatever that means, whatever that entails, and then also launch on consoles. I think that could be one of those kind of second win situations, mm -hmm. or maybe they don't even need it because like with No Man's Sky, if you put out consistent quality updates and the game just improves with time, um, as long as you have a baseline of people who care and the game wasn't just abandoned, then you can you can just build up a better reputation and with that more people will flock to the game so that that could happen as well but i i just i throw that in because it feels like a natural thing where if they were ever going to do some huge like big like new world 2.0 um launch it on console too because then mm -hmm. you're going to get all those new players and it's it the game is clearly fit for it yeah. maybe with the exception of dealing with like inventory and bank space but those are issues that you could manage that resolved. with yeah they like that's just yeah. design like ui design and how the controller interacts like how using the destiny method of like here's the little cursor thing that you drag and you yeah. know select items. i don't like that as it's much, not, i don't like, I like it as the much snappiness. i i do um, prefer snap but i'm saying yeah. like there's there's options out there they exist yeah. so you're not going to be sitting here like stranded and then to your point also, they all, Amazon has Luma. Like it's their cloud streaming platform. And unlike Google, it feels like Amazon is actively interested in, in continuing yeah. in gaming. And that's yeah. where it's like, yeah, like bring it to Luma, bring it to console, bring it everywhere. I think it would be a really exciting game that would play out well, especially on the newest consoles, right? Like don't go Xbox, you know, One X or, you know, PlayStation 4. Like this is a Series X PS5 forward kind of game then I think you would have uh, that gives it a lot of power. It opens it up to a lot of gamers too. And with no yeah. subscription model, geez, Louise, like it just feels like it's very inviting. If somebody just wanted to pick it up, play it and put it down and maybe check on it every couple of years, you know? Yeah, I think. And I think they could. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Amazon's finances, but I'm sure they have a lot of money. But but no, when it comes to this particular project, I would be more concerned if the new world downwards trend was continuing, but it, it's actually reversing. It's not going back to the 900,000 concurrent that it was. That would take a 
2.0 new world 2.0 new world overhaul with a console launch or something mm, it would yeah. take that but but they have been trending upwards i think the concurrent daily it looks like i'm checking out steam db mm-hmm. now it got as low as like 20 ish thousand concurrent for the daily peak and that's now up to f- around 50 mm-hmm. like nowadays so they they are like gaining momentum in the opposite direction um and i think for that reason that is a good sign that support is likely to continue because if it just kept on dipping yeah. and kept on dipping and 20 turned to 10 turned to 5000 concurrent peak then i would be like they might anthem this game right they yeah. might just yeet that yeet it out of the window which Here, speaking of which i'm so sad about anthem dude, me too <laughs> there's an alternate universe in which anthem was phenomenal and like an amazing looter shooter and uh, and uh, here here's the thing like ea is like making public statements about how they would like to sell. Like, yeah, I think if they actively invested and got Anthem, because it sold, it's like one of the top selling games of that year. Like it made plenty of money, but it's like, if they actually invested in it, I think they would probably not have too much trouble selling because they have Apex. I think companies right now, like Sony or Microsoft, they're, you know, looking at more of that reoccurring revenue in terms of games as a service games and Anthem. I like, gosh, the fact that they canceled it on its birthday, like literally was like the biggest middle finger, especially after putting out like updates like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I was like, they could turn this thing around. They could turn this around. I didn't make this up. Anthem Next was a thing, right? It was. Like they they talked about how they were, they had an internal team working Mm -hmm. on this big overhaul for Anthem and they showed off stuff. It was glorious. Dude, yeah, yeah. Go back into my archives, dude. I'm like, (laughs) all right, guys. I mean, who? Here we go. Like, uh, this looks really good. This could be a lot of because because they nailed the javelins, right? Like, if Anthem didn't nail the javelins, I think it would have been just DOA. Like, it would have been no. But the javelins were fun as hell to play, and it's like, and then everything else around it was like, it has no idea what it's trying to be. Yeah, it just felt it just felt empty. But like, I think combat felt good enough. I think their ideas for the loot system was was good. They just you know they had like they launched with like one dungeon, and the world felt so empty at times. But it it looked great. It was a cool space to play in, and the idea with these storms and these massive like other dimensional creatures warping in and. And the javelins f- flying them, yes. Even though that was like a, a one-year pre-launch addition to the game, they nailed it. G- good job, guys, cobbling that together. Uh, oh God, dude. Because C- yeah, in my head, in my head, Anthem was going to be like, okay, this is a looter shooter in the vein of Destiny, but it's an actual like persistent world. I'm not going doing that loading screen, uh, bouncing in and out, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, dude. To this day, if they ever go with an Anthem 2.0 or Anthem 2, or if they ever like bring that IP back, I think that it would have it would definitely garner a lot of people's attention. Even if it was like, yeah. oh, this game's gonna fail again, like yeah. just make a good game and and then keep making a good game. I would love to have seen it also succeed as in terms of an option against something like Destiny, just to give people more looter shooters in the space. And we have a new looter shooter right on the horizon with the first Descendant, at least the beta, mm. kicking off the 20th. But Nexion, free to play. Yeah, like, I mean, it looks pretty. Like, it looks pretty and I'm hopeful, but I almost, I have this like odd feeling that it's going to be um, like a worse Outriders. And people already don't love, I, I actually genuinely really enjoyed my time with Outriders. It just hit a cap. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the never ending looter shooter kind of game. Right. But I feel like the first Descendants could be like a, 
just not as good outriders but i hope i'm wrong because yeah screenshots so cool there's like there's a screenshot of this guy with this badass looking armor walking up to this thing shooting like 14 blue lasers out of his forehead mm-hmm. and i'm like that looks sick let's go <laughs> I hope it's good but... i hope i was good it's gonna it's all gonna be how it feels 100 percent with the first yeah. descendant the name kind of is a little bit like i, I haven't gotten used yeah, to the name either i'm like all right <laughs> some of these game names and uh there's but some really bad that's, in december you bring you up outriders <laughs> yeah you the bring, name. It's like, all right, guys, I guess we're just running out of to pick a dictionary. Pick three words. What is Let's, that name? It doesn't make it's the dumbest thing. Yeah. Well, an, <laughs> Anthem Anthem was a weird name that they had to kind of pull out of their hat because they yeah. like because they were gonna call it something. It's not else. as bad as Undecember, though. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You're good. The uh but back to like outriders, like one of the things that was always like boggling my mind is that Pete they were like really leaning into that we're not a games as a service. We're not a games as a service. And I'm like, I think people are going to play it and then they're going to leave the game because it's not a games as a service. It's like, you can play it, you can beat it, you can move on. But then it's like marketing and like, they're having like these things. It's like kind of like, are they a games as a service in disguise? Like all of a sudden it's like, Hey, now that you've played outriders and world slayer, now we're going to like, do they evolve into that? Or is it like, I mean, heck they even reported they haven't got any royalties from square Enix. Cause it didn't sell well. Like it just didn't sell well. And it's like, all right, like had some fun. I had a lot of fun with outriders. I played the heck out of that game. I haven't finished the expansion. I just, I tried and it was still felt like it was a like buggy mess. And I just was like, well, I got to do other things for work right now. So I'll come back to it. That was, that was probably one of its biggest issues. Um, the, the cap on like the actual replayability to the game. So I don't know how how much um, you spent in the end game blue grind when the game first launched, mm-hmm. but uh, basically once you got to the eye of the storm, that is all you did. Yeah, because that is where all the best stuff came the quickest. It made no sense to do any of the other expeditions. So after, and it wasn't even like it was somewhere around seventy hours, which is a lot for a game, but it's not a lot for a loot game. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, like it's important to contextualize that because people are expecting hundreds, sometimes thousands of hours out of these things. So like after seventy or so hours, you you climb that ladder of loot, and then you get to the point where you're farming Eye of the Storm. And I was doing it all solo just because again that's how i play a lot of the time and um once i was farming eye of the storm that's all i it made no sense to do any of the other content and i know but i know the expansion was meant to address that but i feel like that expansion just never really took off i didn't see a lot of people talking about it i will play it at some point i just haven't gotten around to it um i was doing other stuff when that thing came out but i do want to check it out because i did really like the game and Mm -hmm. i played it quite a bit at launch or around launch um yeah, but also speaking of it, I don't know. I, I I swear that I heard at the very least. I know that Square Enix has said that they are continuing to gonna invest. They 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 feel like Outriders was one of their big IPs. They said that even though it didn't sell amazingly well. But I swear that I heard something about there being an Outriders MMO. Like that was the grand vision. That's the of it. that would be the genius part because tying this back to how we started the podcast with Riot, it said. One of the things that for me, I was like, why New World's going to struggle is there's no nostalgia. And yet, like, if you can mm. take Outriders and you could end up building that into, like, you, we've got these games and there's this interesting world. And then all of a sudden it, like I said, like, it has, like, like it, I felt constantly that it was this game that was going to evolve into something else, whether it was that original game or something else. Like, it's setting itself up in terms of lore, gameplay, like, if they could get those bugs and everything kind of worked out. 
like it could be something that I think I would be happy to spend more time with mm-hmm. the hub and spoke networks. Like I, it made me always want like, where's the drop in drop out multiplayer where like, just make this always online. Yes. You're going to have some people kind not like that, but I think those, those people are getting smaller and smaller as more and more people are like, yeah, I would love just to be online and see people in social spaces and outriders. Right. Like it didn't have any of that. Like it was, I felt like this was like, this is phase one and then we're going to do something bigger with it down the road. And if they did something like that, I wouldn't be surprised And hell I'd sign up. Like I, had a good enough experience despite its issues that I would, I would sign up easily, even if I wasn't making content around it, you know, to jump in yeah. and see what that was about. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think it was fairly, I think it was fairly competent and successful in its own right. It definitely, it doesn't have like the level of fidelity and polish that something like destiny does, but I think it did what it did well enough. I, I just wish the bugs were a huge issue. And then, like I said, the, you just ran out of stuff to do sooner than later. So, I'll mm-hmm. be interested to see what they do with that franchise, but aren't we here to talk about MMS? <laughs> this is that's how these things roll, man. You never know what you're getting. It's, yeah. called, it's called Epic Loot Radio, so we're talking about anything with loot. <laughs> anything in loot it. related. Anything okay. loot related, we get it. And who knows? Sometimes we you talk about. Want to talk about, about Diablo Four, dude? <laughs> we can talk. Yeah, I do want to talk about Diablo Four. So because I, I played it, and I I think I'm like this game's awesome. Like it's fun, but we'll mm. I'll come back to that in a second because Creature actually talks about like Game Pass having an effect on. Uh, Outriders and then Brothus. Like I, I pinned this because I wanted to actually bring it up to you because you made a video talking about WoW coming to consoles, which like for me as a controller player, I was like, uh, I would actually like with the buttons, I might actually have to re up and tr- and try out Dragonflight with the with the updated changes in terms yeah, of like the new controller support. The, the new stuff sounds amazing. So um, to the question to you then, like, do you think they will actually bring WoW to console? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm making a video, right? Like that's what I did. The 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 like the brass tacks of it is that um, Blizzard is giving more controller support, mm-hmm. and they're adding more features that are clearly aimed at controller gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In addition to the 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 like the icons of the, the control icons are like in the Dragonflight beta, like you know the Xbox and PlayStation icons, and then just like a general gamepad icons. So all that stuff is becoming native in the game. Obviously, that can just be an accessibility thing, right? Mm-hmm. It can just be an accessibility on PC thing. But I like I feel like console port has basically laid the path for Blizzard to be like, you can do a console launch. Like we can make the the menu navigation work. We can make all the UI elements. Like all of that stuff can work. Console port and immersion, it's literally all you need right now to play WoW as if it were a console game. It's like, it's that good. The The biggest issue that I've had has been the targeting mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because there is that extra like awkwardness, except for melee. Like melee, it feels great for most of the skills, but targeting, targeting for healers, I think is its own concern. Uh, but these are problems that have been navigated in other games, specifically 14, mm-hmm. and they can be navigated in WoW. And I'm so tired of people telling me, oh, you can't do you can't do this, you can't do that. And, like, you, you're telling me you can do Mythic. It's like, people do it. Mm-hmm. There are videos on YouTube of people playing Gamepad, hitting Gladiator in PvP, and clearing Mythic raids. Like, this stuff is happening. I think that, like, I get the concern about people being worried, like, oh, the, well, the, even if you can do it, it's uh, maybe more c- cumbersome and these players are going to drag us down or whatever. If that is a huge concern, and even if it's not a huge concern, it could just also be the case that they do separate 
servers. Um, I talked about it in the video, but ESO does that. Mm -hmm. If you're playing ESO on PlayStation, you are only playing with people playing on PlayStation. And so you're not coming across uh, PC player, and they're like, "Oh well, well you can't play WoW without add-ons." Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, it might not be like the perfect experience, but yes, you can. And so there could exist a demographic of players who, pl who are playing WoW on Xbox and PlayStation, and they are siloed off into their own worlds, and maybe they don't have the add-ons. But WoW, like, what has Blizzard been doing over these past 20 years, if not taking the most successful add-ons and throwing them in WoW? Mm -hmm. That has continuously happened. Like, you've yeah. seen it time and time again, interface stuff. Um, but mostly, I guess it's a lot of interface stuff, really. But, I mean, even just freaking, like, I remember when wow first came out and i would be tabbed on to thoughtbot and wowhead and and like checking out the maps to see where the quest things are and then they eventually released an add-on that let you see i don't know if i don't know if it's thoughtbot or wowhead or i don't remember what the add-on was back in the day but there's an add-on that showed you the quest location in the game it's like holy shit i don't have to read all the text anymore awesome um <laughs> <Skip>. and then <laughs> but wow eventually just did that yeah. themselves yeah. eventually wow just took that add-on and they put it into the game so I mean, that's it, it could totally happen. Like, if and actually, I don't even I don't even know. Does WoW basically have DBM and uh, in the game right now? Like, is there a deadly boss mobs equivalent? I'm not I'm not sure if they eventually added one. I they've still been, they've been updating. I, like, I know that they've been updating like some of the mechanics stuff so that it starts to communicate that because I didn't ever when I played WoW I didn't have DBM on, and mm. it's like oh there's some mechanics and then you can kind of start to see the telegraphs. To kind of like so that's probably been kind of coming in throughout it in that regards but i can't i can't speak to what wow has done or has not in terms right. of that but my, my answer would be is like if, if if it's ever going to come to console like i would bookmark 11.0 not like obviously dragonflight but essentially like they continue to make the those those steps which actually has me interested when you said in your video talking about like just the target nearest i was like that's what i people always like how do you target this guy in 14 i was like I press this button and it's done because it's right. it knows it's like oh I want you want to obviously clearly tart the nearest NPC the thing you're standing next to and yeah. facing that's and facing. all it really takes and enemies and so as well games... like just yeah hey, hey we're good to go and, and so like I felt like I actually have an advantage in several things in 14 yeah. because of the controller. Do you know? Um, I only played 14 some years ago. It was like seven or eight years ago. Does does 14 have for the PC version? Do they have the near object mm -hmm. one button interact without mm -hmm. having to like right click on it? Yeah. Okay. Cause I know Guild Wars 2 has that. Whenever you're standing next to something, you can hit F. Yeah. And that, and you'll interact with it. Because of Guild Wars everything. 2, I've remapped all of my, anytime I'm doing an MMO in New World, I have F as my interact key. So I've yeah. set that as like my standard, even in Final Fantasy. Like I, I'm like, that's my target nearest, to, you know, et cetera. And then the same thing on controller, it has that. So it's, like, it's so nice. And that's one of the things that I was getting so frustrated with in WoW when I was playing back in Shadowlands. I was like, I actually had to make it like a multi-button press to like target loot and, you know, like all this stuff. And I was like, this is so like, just that's give me a one button. Comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that plus the actual combat, the action combat targeting, um, I, it's just huge. It's going to make that I'm, I'm interested to try it out just for the sake of seeing what it's like, because, yeah. and I think the cool thing too, about the idea of, uh, the, like the console. Wow. Is it's also, it's, it, it also basically coincides with like a action RPG. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like it goes from a tab target game to an action game. 
um, with those features and playing with a gamepad. Yeah. And I think that's just cool. I mean, even just like the different perspective, you know, and you try to min-max in, in these games, right? So you play all the way zoomed out. You want to get the widest FOV. You need to see what's going on around and behind you all the time. But playing like zoomed in over the shoulder with the gamepad moving around, the play space feels different. Like, like camera perspective is a big thing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, just think about the difference from like an FPS to where freaking RTS game where you're looking down in a way that's like an extreme example, but clearly camera perspective gives a different experience. And I think that that alone is what I've some, some of what I've enjoyed the most when I've tried playing wow with a controller, because it feels you're getting a different perspective to the world. And it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's a, like a tighter, more honed, like zoomed in perspective. And I, I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a different way to play. And so I would totally, it's like when ESO for ESO first launched on um, PC, but it eventually ended up, I think I played the Xbox version when it came out. And it was a ton of fun jumping back in and crushing all of those noobs on the console. <laughs> so, so if WoW wants to do that too, if WoW wants to launch on console and I could take all my 20 years of experience playing that game, uh, I think just think it'd be a ton of fun. It'd be like a really cool experience, basically. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, I, it would open up to a lot of a new audience, you know, from an accessibility yeah. perspective. And I think yeah. that'd be really cool. Now, I, we did talk about Diablo 4, like as in terms of uh, like a game and a game that will have no lack of dramatic effect on the YouTube algorithm until <laughs> at least it launches. And then yeah. it's going to go one of two directions in that regards. But clearly with Immortal, a lot of people are like very concerned about it. What, what do you think about Diablo 4? Like, are you in the like excited camp? Are you in the concerned camp? I think Blizzard has continued to like withdraw or you know, uh, goodwill, like from, you know, players for so long that it's like everybody kind of feels a little tapped out when it comes to a Blizzard game. Um, but where do you fall? I mean, I, th I think it, I would be lying if I didn't say that it's probably going to be a, like a solid game. Um, I, it just like the, the, the big questions around stuff like monetization, but then also, you know, how is the end game, how is like how how is the loot system all of those things pe people worried about trading there's a lot of nuance that people are, are concerned about and not even new like there's some big things like the monetization that people are concerned about but i think regardless when diablo 4 comes out it's probably going to be really fun to play mm -hmm. what now what i don't know is if that's going to be really fun to play for two to four weeks or really fun to play for multiple years that's the thing that i don't have the answer to but like I'm definitely excited because if if we're laying out all of the games coming out in the next two to three years, Diablo 4 is high up on the list of games mm -hmm. that I expect will be good and fun and I will enjoy. It's just the, the the duration of that enjoyment that I can't answer. It's kind of the same thing with New World. I was like, this looks sick. I played early tests. I was like, this was a lot of fun. You, you, you can't like it's hard to really gauge the long term there are things we can point to but like well this could be an issue and that could be an issue and that could be an issue and it could or it couldn't like we don't we just won't know for sure until everything comes together at the end and and we finally see what what they settle on with all those different aspects including monetization but honestly like yes i will kick up a stink about monetization and because I think it should be talked about and I wish it was better, mm -hmm. but monetiz like bad monetization for the most part, unless you go completely overboard, it won't stop a game from being successful. Lost Ark's monetization is horrendous. It had 
but did it break a million concurrent on launch or something like yeah it's, it's just crazy like 1.3 so 1.4 yeah like and 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 everyone knew what was going to happen the game was out for years uh overseas and like whatever regional differences but we knew what to expect we knew it was going to be bad we knew it was going to be pay to win pay to skip pay for convenience we knew all of that didn't matter like did millions matter. and millions and millions of people. And that's it. one of the things that I really appreciate what Lost, Lost Ark did is it really, I think, made a lot of people question like their stance. Because I've always said, like, if the gameplay is good, gamers will justify any, any system. I've seen gamers like, oh, I love this game. And yes, it does the thing that I just complained about in this other game, but I love this game. So this one does it in a fair way, in a way that's respecting the player's time or right. yeah, whatever, you know. So I've, I've and I think those games have better long-term success. Oh, they like, absolutely because, do. Because like we just said, Lost Ark was phenomenally successful at launch. How's it doing now? It's still like, like in the top five Steam games played. It's still doing fine. Like in yeah. terms of that like is it going like no game is like really going to continue to maintain that high like, it's like, oh, the course. exception it's impossible but it's like last i checked it was like 200,000 300,000 concurrent players it's like yeah. on steam all the time like it's like all right and then whenever there's another expansion or update etc you'll see those numbers climb back up because people come dip in and dip out um the thing that lost Ark has going forward is it has years to figure out all its problems the bigger right. problems and so then it was able to launch in the west in a very polished way with lots of content uh, for people to I guess that's the into. thing too, right? They had years of updates and new content, like you just said, mm -hmm. to to roll out versus a game that doesn't have that that launches and then people stagnate sooner yeah. because oh, yeah. they lose that progression. So. And that's why I've always made the case that it's like the MMO that succeeds is the MMO that figures out how to invite players back in and make that a continual invitation to always come and check out the updates, right? Because no MMO will launch with the amount of content that WoW has, that 14 has now, that even Lost Ark has. Like we got Throne of Liberty, we talked about Ashes, we talked about Riot. And it's like, even with those games that they'll people who will overconsume them and then we'll just let them hit the floor. Like that's just how they play these kind of games. And so no yeah. matter what, you see those dips and then you see the narrative shift to like, oh, the game's losing players, it must be bad. And so then it makes people afraid so they don't play. And so it's like, the, the death spiral is, is something that I think everybody's going to go through. And then it's all about that. Hey, we have an update, an expansion, a big patch, et cetera, et cetera, to try to bring people back into the fold and, and into the mix uh, to to enjoy. And, you know, ultimately, that's going to be what we have to see. But like as we look towards like uh, like next year for 2023, like Throne of Liberty, is there anything that's on your radar that you're particularly excited about checking out that I'm, I'm assuming that you're not under like NDA for <laughs> game A, B, C or D, you know? Oh, I should have thought about this before the show. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, so like Throne and Liberty looks cool. A lot of question marks around that, right? It's mm -hmm. really, I think it's really hard with a lot of the Eastern MMLs that come to the West to see where they're going to fall and if they're going to have an audience over here, really. Um, for the longest time, I was following very closely um, Core Punk, and I'm still interested in that. A little wind out of the sails, but uh, heart goes out to them, right? Because they're um pretty sure they're ukrainian developer so mm -hmm. they are obviously dealing with all of everything that's going on right um new world update on the immediate horizon actually isn't that out like next week or something i yeah. think the brimstone sands update is out next week diablo 4 is coming um a longer term something like the ride mmo yes ashes in the three to five years from now when it launches 
Um, Soul Frame is actually mm -hmm. something I'm very, very keen to see and hear more about because Warframe is a, I think it's a cool game. I've liked it when I've played it. Um, there were periods of time where I played it a ton and I would hit that grind wall, but for the most part, it's been a game that I've just, I come back, it's because it's free and I never need to pay something new to jump back in and check out the updates. I've been able to consistently come back and try the game and have fun with it. So I'm interested to see what they do with Soul Friend because they're talking about a more like grounded approach to a game. The setting I'm, is more intriguing to me. This fantasy, um, what is it, Princess Mononoke, or I don't know if I pronounce that wrong every time I say it, but <laughs> um, just that that the like the the fantasy magic foresty kind of stuff I really like. And they're talking about slower, more melee focused combat. That, that game seems really cool but I'm kind of drawing a blank I'm trying to think about what else is um what else is on the horizon you know there's been following like blue protocol at all it's been MIA for a little yeah, bit yeah but is that is that the game is that actually an MMO or they, is they, that they the classify it as an MMO okay. um it's got a persistent online world but yeah. it's gonna it's an action combat and they're gonna put people into channels and it's got a player economy player driven economy so like Ultimately, I mean, until it releases or until we hear, because we haven't had any real news on it for like over a year. And so mm. when, until like they start getting ready to, to promote it and share more on it, um, who knows? Anything could have probably changed in the interim because they've been, you know, I guess retooling and re working on feedback. My hope is that they actually do the Ashes thing and upgrade to Unreal Engine 5 while the game isn't even out yet. Um, you know, because it's like, why not? Like if you're a couple years away, like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I guess outside of that, I'm just trying to look through the list. I mean, there's some things that like would be cool, but we don't know anything about. Blizzard's got their survival MMO coming out. Mm. Um, there's that Dune survival MMO-ish game that's making. I guess there's a Marvel one in the in the works as well. I forget what studio that's at, but I remember. License about ones that. get tricky, dude, because it's like yeah. we've seen that go poorly with Star Wars, like with the G uh, they, them shutting down galaxies. Like it's like, all right, we're done. Speaking of which, I want it doesn't have to be this exactly, but I would love a next gen Star Wars MMO. Sotor was really cool in a lot of ways. <clears throat> in my head, I envision like um Jedi Fallen Order graphics, but with an MMO. Like give me like lightsabers and freaking Sith and like all this stuff. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I just like I've gotten more and more into the Star Wars universe just as like a setting in in recent years and i i think there's so much potential for it and as much as i love sotor it just like looks so ancient nowadays it's really hard even watching youtube videos on sotor i'm like this just does not look great so i would love to see an updated one of those that'd it, be cool it, whenever i played new world i go oh gosh i wish square enix would give yoshi p this level of budget what yeah. what what the, what, that, what could he do with this aspect because it's just for me, like I just get absorbed. It's so immersive that it's like, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm just, I'm just here right now and just absolutely loving it. I'm like, all yeah. right. <laughs> oh, and your comment section said, I can't wait for this either. Uh, the next version of Bless Online, can't wait for that to launch. <laughs> it's gonna I be hear, great. <laughs> I hear, I hear uh, rumors are persistent that a lot of the Bless team is actually working on the uh, the Throne and Liberty. Oh no, are you kidding me? No. Oh, well, whatever. Well, it'll be fun to play for a week and talk about whether that's saying it's bad because it's bad or we're being pleasantly surprised. Throne has a lot of cool ideas, so mm -hmm. 
like i like a lot of what they talked about their weather system sounds neat and we'll see and i, and I see people using that as a negative but i'm gonna i'm gonna defend developers you know as as i want to do <laughs> Um, namely because it's that I always kind of usually chalk it up to bad leadership. So mm. like if the devs and the artists are like, well, there's, we're clearly not getting any work here. And then there's another studio hiring. It's like, I, yeah, you oh, got yeah, to get, yeah. Yeah. You got to get paid, right. You got to go make your money so you can keep a roof over your head, obviously. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. And so no. like, yeah, honestly, like Throne of Liberty's problem or my concern with it literally is its development cycle in terms of like, it was apparently supposed to be a lineage sequel, um, and then essentially has evolved and that could be, that could work out in some favor. Like when you're like finding the fun, uh, and they have the experience of old school MMO. So I, I'm more than willing to give it a shot, but until we really see more and until you go hands-on, especially with an action RPG, my, mm. my saying like with destiny is like, it's like when you play that game and you shoot those guns, like you're like, Oh, I know why this game exists. Like this is really a yeah. lot of fun. It doesn't matter about all the BS. The BS will come in later. And you'll dip in and dip out. But you, whenever you step in and, and feel it, it feels great. And if you can nail that combat, if you can nail that that connection that you have with the game loop, like I'm not then worried about anything else. So if you can stay, if Throne and Liberty step, you step in and you're like, man, this is a lot of fun. Oh, good. They have a hook. And then essentially then, you know, okay, if they have a problem here or they need to work this out, then it's a question of like what happens. And especially if Amazon ends up publishing them. Uh, which is the persistent rumor that I keep hearing is that mm. they might be going under the Amazon, you know, umbrella, uh, which could give oh. them plenty of cash and capital to, to, to continue. Remember that, that Lord of the Rings MMO we were supposed to be getting. Yeah. But that's because Tencent bought the company for out from under them that was working on building it. They still that's own so the IP. Sad. The question yeah. I wonder is like, did they still own that code? And then are you then trying to shop around for a new team? Or do you just say, that's it. We're all hands on with new world. And they're working on apparently a sci-fi MMO. Amazon is. Um, That's right. Uh, Smedley, I yeah. think John Smedley is in that. I yeah. remember I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that turns into mm -hmm. as much as I liked it, as long as it's not Wildstar. Um, I think I honestly, like I liked Wildstar. I did too, but it, it didn't work. Well, <laughs> it clearly I, didn't work. I also wonder like when we start looking at the business model of MMOs, how they came out with subscription and then essentially had to go free to play. I wonder now if like with new world, like obviously they have the backing of Amazon, but it's like, I look at it and go, how amazing would it be as if it's like buy to play battle pass? Like if that ends up being the, the model, because then it costs you nothing to step back in. My personal hope is that when I talk about battle pass though, is that it doesn't expire like halo. Like you can buy your battle pass, mm. you equip your battle pass. I just wish halo didn't suck right now. Cause then that analogy, cause then people would be like, hell yeah, exact halo yeah. got it right. Cause I feel like their battle pass in terms of monetization knocks it out of the park everything around it sucks ass and so it's like come on <laughs> halo was a lot of fun launch week though i had a really good, i felt like I, I felt like i was a kid again playing uh the original well probably more halo 2 because halo 2 is really yeah that's my halo up, but, that's my halo um, that's where i started halo 3 yeah. really cemented it like that's where i was like that's where i spent the time but it was halo 2 was kind of like my like okay this is cool i don't know i think regardless i'm just excited for more um, good MMOs to come out. Like talking about Throne and Liberty, like I said, I'm hopeful. I think they have some cool ideas. That trailer, I think, was going at like 10 frames a second, mm -hmm. though. And after 10 years of development, that has me gravely concerned. I really and it's kind of like, it, and it's like, I talked about this. I made a video on Starfield and mm -hmm. how when they released their gameplay trailer, like the frame rate was a, a, abysmal. And I, 
I think it's important to cement like, yes, it's an early build. Yeah, but the game was supposed to launch this year and they made this trailer. This isn't leaked footage. They are showing us the best they can show us. If there was any part in the game that ran above 20 frames a second, show they that. would have showed us that. Yeah, show that. <laughs> you know? So that that's the kind of thing that it's just like, God, like I, I try not to rail too hard because I do realize video games more than any other like enter digital entertainment medium, certainly more so than like movies or whatever, video games come together right at the last minute, right? And they might mm -hmm. be complete they might be an unplayable mess until like right before launch. I mean, all these games going gold, you hear it happens like a month or two out from launch. And it's like before that, it's they can very much so be a huge mess in a lot of ways, whether that means optimization or bugs or glitches and visual problems, all that stuff. Um but man, like for a game that was supposed to come out this year, just like that Starfield trailer, Throne and Liberty was supposed to come out this year. Mm -hmm. uh, that gameplay trailer looked really framey, like abysmally framey. <clears throat> There's a apparently an MMO. It's not obviously Starfield, but it's a lot of people bring it up because when Ashes Creation comes up, some people label it as a scam. Some people look at it in terms of like. Uh, that you know like i view ashes as a game that's coming out you know at least at least two years out I, you know if it comes out sooner i will be pleasantly surprised if they're ready but based off the conversations and the verbal words that i hear stated from the devs i'm like that i cue into some of the, that terminology but do you oh gosh i wish and maybe chat can fill it in but it's like one of these like kickstarted perpetually and beta uh mmos it's just you know like pantheon uh, not pantheon pantheon is still Camelot Unchained? No, it's more space shootery. The um yeah, I wish gosh, sorry, Chad, that I'm I'm drawing a blank on it, but it was one of these ones. I'm talking that, about Star Citizen, aren't you? Star Citizen, that's the one. Oh I was god, like, how'd you forget Star Citizen? Jeez. Oh, I was like, how could you not? Like it's, it's just this it's just this that guy was like, why? I was like, you said Starfield, and then I was like, I can't get off the second word. Like it was Star something is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, what do you feel about that game? How do you feel? I don't know. People tell me it's a real game. Every time that every time that comes up and and people meme on that it's made like seven trillion dollars in funding and it's never going to release, the comments are always um, you can play it right now, uh, and it's it's like playable in some form, but it's just like it's not a complete package. I don't know enough about. From what I understand, it is like there you can play Star Citizen today. Mm -hmm. You can play it. People play it. Um, but is it ever going to be finished? And is it ever going to be like a total package or, or what they're talking about? I don't know. I haven't followed. I don't care, honestly. Like, I'm not, by the time that thing comes out, I will feel like, oh, that game launched 15 years ago, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's how, that's where that game sits in my mind. Um, and I, I, that, I think that's a, I, that can be a problem with long development is um, just nobody cares by the time it's out. There'll be enough people to care. They're making a lot of money selling ships, but uh, hype is a hell of a drug. Like you get that right marketing push, and if it's like a polished game and fun experience, you know, like that's where it's like I, I'm not gonna ever write off a game, you know, in terms of unless they're like we're actively shutting the servers down and, and whatnot, you know, they, mm. and that, unless they say that, I'm like you never know, you know, gamers are we're like I don't know, I, I see patterns in gamers, and it's like okay, sometimes you just let things cool off. And you let them go get distracted and mad about something else and you you do the work and then you're like all right here's the game and then you're like oh man. yeah 
I, I hope for everyone who's looking forward to it or has been following it and or people who are playing it today, like I hope it turns out great. I think it's probably just like a not for me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's already too many games, dude, yeah. especially like especially for us who like to play loot games and MMOs. Uh, and so many of these are massive investments. Like you can't really you're not going to get too much if you're playing MMO for 20 hours <clears throat> or there's a lot more there to get if you want it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really hard. Like I can't be invested in every game. And that uh, Star Citizen is just one that I've just been like, I hope people enjoy it, but it's probably not going to be me. Yeah. So. The more like the more the memes come up, because like even I draw on a blank on it and I'm like, I, I don't hear about it. I don't see about it. All I've ever heard yeah. about it is like, this is a non game that, that people believe is real. And I'm like, at some point, I guess maybe if I get, if I, if I run, if I find the thing that I lack, which is time, <laughs> just like, Hey, yeah. here's some free time. Maybe I'll check it out. Cause I saw also chat talking about Albion online, which I've like, I downloaded it and I just haven't even done anything. Cause I mm. don't have time, but I, I'm willing to check it out. I'm willing to check out more games, but we'll, we'll see. All right, um, that should that should wrap up the show. This was a lot of fun. Um, Force, where can people find you? Um, YouTube.com slash Force Gaming YT, or if you just you could just Google Force Gaming YouTube, and you'll probably find it. And uh, that's pretty much it. I don't really stream anymore. It's exhausting. It's nice not to stream. Like I like streaming. <laughs> I have uh, like a community game night like once a week, and I was like, I look forward to that. And then outside of that, it's like, oh man, I'd rather make a video. <laughs> yeah i honestly the worst part is sitting in front of these lights for multiple hours oh yeah like i get a headache can't see sh can't see straight like just having lights glaring in your face for several hours is is tough I'll, I'll just sit in my room write some stuff and then i'll record for like 20 minutes mm -hmm. and that's that's the way to go that's the way to live nice yep <laughs> well, guys be sure he's tagged in the uh in the title of this and if you're listening to the mp3 audio just note that you're a freaking legend thanks so much for following the mp3 version of this podcast i i've learned that i need to tell people about it <laughs> rather mm. than just like publish it and all of a sudden people start following it and stuff like that so that actually imagine that speaking of which thanks for the 46 likes so if you guys haven't hit that like button that does help out these uh these videos and whatnot uh let's go ahead and wrap up the show here uh thanks so much everybody for being a part of this epic conversation talking about the future of mmos diablo 4 looters so much more with force gaming be sure to check out his content everywhere over on youtube uh, links are all in the description and thank you so much for being here with us whether you are live watching this as a vod or listening to the mb3 until next time take care